0: Welcome to episode 34 of Fitness Unfiltered. I'm Jocelyn thompson Rule, and today I get to speak with my good friend, Tana von Zitovich. I really hope I said her surname right. Here's me saying I'm a friend and I didn't check it with her before I recorded this introduction. Tana has been in the fitness industry for 13 years. Her focus is on group fitness and she is an absolute boss within that field. I have known her, gosh, for about... I want to say about seven or eight years and in that time watching her growth as a coach has just been outstanding and she's just testament to consistency to it takes time to put in the work and everything that she is doing right now is testament to that. Obviously, I love her because she's a a huge believer in the basics and using those and understanding those and absolutely not trying to reinvent the wheel. So if you know any of my views at all on, on fitness, you'll know that I completely relate to that. I think you'll really like this episode. I loved chatting with T. She's an absolute for was zillion as hell and if you ever get the chance to go to a class of hers or do any of her audio runs um, i would highly recommend it yeah she's gold so as ever i hope you enjoy the show if you do please leave me a review on itunes and i will see you very soon Hey, how are you, my darling? Hello, I'm very well. How are you? I'm very well. All the best for hearing your lovely uh, voice.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for having me.
0: Pleasure, 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 pleasure. I know that everyone is just going to love everything you have to say on this podcast. So do you want to introduce your,
1: yourself first? Sure. My name is T. Well, my real name is Tana Bonticzevitz. People call me T. And I am a master trainer at Barry's, formerly known as Barry's Bootcamp. And I also have my own business doing audio run clubs. I've been, Amazing. yeah, I've been in the industry. I want to say my maths is terrible. I want to say 13 years. Yes. Oh. Thirteen years. It's been solely through teaching in groups.
0: Amazing. And how did you get into it in the first place?
1: I got into teaching. I had my daughter when I was twenty four. And then a couple of years later, I I've always been into fitness, but never group fitness. I always ran, I always worked out on my own. And after I had my daughter, twenty-six, I found The magical world of group fitness and that was through Les Mills which is I think the entry (laughs) for most people actually and I just fell in love with it and I think the first class I was like yep this is what I want to do at the time I was a, a therapist I was doing massage sports therapy and I just it was just an instant change in my head But but quite connected though
0: still yeah 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 in the body and
1: yeah yeah still quite connected so I had a good understanding of the body but for me it was it was just about the wow factor because Les Mills it is very much about the wow factor it's kind of like you're in a show you know and that was the point where I was just like Mm. oh my gosh I have to do this this is what I want to do for life. Mm. I suppose it it brought me back as a dancer, you know, when I was a kid, you know, that moment you just want to perform because that's almost mm. what the instructors do. They are performers almost. So, yeah, that was that moment. Yeah. That's how I got into it. Amazing. And so I, yeah, so I I signed up for the first course and that was how the journey started.
0: Fab. And so what was your first because I've never done the, I've never been through the Les Mills route. What does that look like?
1: Well, interesting. I mean, it's, it became actually quite traumatic. I think the, it's such a long time ago now, the entry was, you would do a course, it was like a, a weekend course and you'd have to teach and it almost became like um, an audition process. It was almost like an X factor type process so let's say I remember doing body attack and so I went on the body attack course and then you'd learn how to teach and they'd give you and actually the teaching the way they teach you how to teach is very very good it kind of masters all the basics but after that you have to almost do a performance and then say you know no you need to work on this work on that And it is very much like an audition. And that is quite, it can be quite traumatic, actually. But you just Mm. become hooked. You become hooked into this whole world of, you know, group exercise because they have, you know, quarterly meetups as instructors. And it's just each kind of quarterly meetup is almost a chance for the instructors to showcase themselves. So it does become a bit like a showbiz X factor type experience.
0: Mm, Wow. Because it is very much a um a performance in a way isn't it and that's really hard I think and, and as you say it was quite traumatic to go from you know to just kind of be there and on stage and in inverted commas and and do your thing and then for that then to be corrected it's almost it, it's almost like x-factor isn't it to be like very you know, it's very you
1: know, yeah, it's very much like I that. I remember as you progress as a trainer or as an instructor, you can then choose to become a presenter for Les Mills, which is great, you know, because as a presenter, you teach other trainers how to teach and you kind of give them the whole showcase. And that is what every instructor at the time really wanted to progress to. Mm -hmm. And when you get onto that ladder at the time, it was really quite toxic almost because they would, the people in charge at the time were quite toxic. I think they would tell you you had no presence. It was, Mm -hmm. you know, just taking these young instructors, me being one of them. And, you know, you would give your everything you know, performing this group, let's break it down, you know, it's group exercise for God's sake, you would give Mm. everything, giving your kind of performance and they would tell you, you know what, you've got no presence, you've got no, oh, just don't like the feeling. And that really, for me, my experience, that tore me down, Mm. which was quite a traumatic experience in that aspect. I think since then, the people in charge at the time have long since gone. Thank goodness.
0: How did you keep going within that? Because obviously, that you know, it was as you say, it was a traumatic experience. Yet here
1: you still are, you know, however many years later. What made you stay? So, um, for me personally, when I get a knockdown, I just I get straight back up again. I suppose that's my coping mechanism. Is if you know, if I have a a bad experience or if I. If I get you know have feedback something to work on, I just immediately implement it. I know definitely for a fact that at the time I wasn't the only instructor that was kind of torn down that way it actually became quite a thing but i I immediately you know got back on the horse so to speak and I just carried on working on myself I actually stayed in the Les Mills kind of bubble for quite a while after that mainly because it was the only way of earning money and Mm. um, it's it's bloody hard work it's really hard work because you're you know you're having to work out with the group and you are having to put on this show and it just almost became Mm. like a vicious circle you know you're just it becomes your money I'd given up my my other line of work was which was therapy. I suppose I could have gone back to it, you know, easily, but I just chose to just keep grafting because I loved teaching. I just loved, you know, being in that, that environment and just helping people progress and just kind of it was more about escapism, helping people kind of escape from their, you know, their daily lives just for that hour yeah and um, it was, yeah it was
0: a different kind of therapy you were providing, I guess outside of the yeah the, the yeah sport therapy and the and the massage, but that's amazing that you just picked yourself back up and you were like, and I guess it was just that the passion was there enough for you know your work and who you got to serve within that work to be able to take those hits and just be like, Okay, cool, yeah, dust myself off, yeah, let's go again, and you know, obviously, for you, I mean very clearly for you those early days built a level of, of, you know, resilience, but also seeing you now, it was worth going through it. I mean, if, if I even think of, and I've spoken to, you know, people who've qualified in in more recent years Mm -hmm. and actually one coach said to me, um, you know, Justin, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you've been so long in the industry. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And, they talked about, you know, class pass reviews and all that kind of stuff. And I, and I said, no, 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 you're mistaken. I don't get those because I don't teach um, classes or certainly classes that are on class pass. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't get that kind of full commentary on my class or my style or, or whatever. Like I've never had to deal with that. And it's just that's the kind of, I guess, the modern day version of Mm-hmm. what you went through back yeah. in the day and to make it through that you have to be tough as nails right because yeah. we all know from from you know something like social media in general where people can just attack and they it's so easy to do so mm-hmm. how what an impact that can have on an yeah. individual I mean, so I just, for that to be in your work that's yeah. really hard
1: yeah, yeah, it's super. I mean, back in the day, there wasn't there wasn't social media, believe it or yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. But it yeah. was just you would for every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was just. I mean, I remember. I mean, when I first qualified, I was a member of this tiny little gym in a village that I that I lived in, and it was you know, I kind of worked from there, and I thought, you know what, I just want to venture out, so I went into London. And um, I started working at all the Virgin Actives and just kind of did the rounds. I did all the fitness first, you know, everywhere that taught Les Mills, I would work at. And you would just be killing your body for like pittance, Mm. absolute pittance. But you would face, it wasn't the social media, but you would face this group of people who, they would just judge you with one look. And it's just like, oh, God, <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. like it is like the social media thing, but full on face. So you just have to develop. Yeah, literally, which is actually I quite prefer that. But you do develop this really kind of hard exterior almost to Mm. it or you know this you know force field but it does does still penetrate of course it just it's you know even now after teaching for so many years I can come away from a class I still haven't mastered the fact of not taking on energy and if Mm. anyone knows how please (laughs) you know I can walk Mm. away from a class and I'll just be like oh my gosh it can just feel it in your you know your solar plexus yeah massively Um, I wonder.
0: I, I must ask um, a friend of mine, Emma Hackett, who's uh, she's a, a mental performance coach. She's actually we, we did a podcast a while back, and she talks about wearing different caps.
1: so oh, really? You know,
0: you've got when well, you've got like lots of different roles in the day. So um, you know, I thought you meant like a physical hat. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, like you know, like a pretend one. Yeah, had, you know, one. got you, yeah. um, got you. Yeah. And she's like, you know, it's so easy to pull different parts of your day into new parts of your day or interactions or relationships or whatever that are, mm-hmm. are not associated with other parts of your day so she has her mum cap she has her coach cap she has her business cap she has her wife cap she's got all of these different caps where she mm-hmm. in that moment thinks who do I need to show up as so That's I remember so she came on one of the um, she always comes on as a guest in their mentorship. And so she came on for the mindset module and both of the last two times that she's been on, she's always come off quite a stressful call with whoever else she's been talking to. And she's like, right. She just takes a breath. She's like, okay, cool. That cap comes off. This cap comes on. Who am I? How do I show up for these people? And it's a way for to sort of separate, I guess, yeah. any kind of stress or, or intense feelings and not to bring it with you, you know, into whatever you're doing next. Yeah, and then that's... I suppose. Uh, sorry, um, I cut you off. No, no, you're fine. <laughs> Then I suppose the next piece, I'm just trying to think, you know, as you say that, what, what I would do would be because I, I definitely feel, you know, like energy or like, you know, if something that just the vibe wasn't right or whatever. I'll always do like a review of what went well. What would I do differently? You know, what am I going to do in better preparation next mm-hmm. time? Yeah. And sometimes that just helps with, you know, was it me or... Is it like, let's say, for example, when, you know, everywhere opened back up and people started going back to classes or whatever, it was, it just, the, you know, the low lying stress levels that still absolutely exist because we're in, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Do you know what I mean? Maybe yeah. it's nothing to do maybe it was them, but yeah, I totally, I totally feel you on the, on the, um, energy thing and how to sort of manage that and not let it you know, take over your day.
1: Yeah, it's super hard. I mean, that's such an interesting concept. I must try that. It is really, really hard, and I've definitely noticed a a huge difference. Is it when we did go back to the studios? Is in the underlying stress. Wow. Mm. Yeah, you'd walk away from every class just like, oof. You know, you know that kind of gut wrenching. Really? Yeah, yeah, that's interesting because I've had lots of conversations
0: around it around. You know, like our nervous system. You know, you've got your sympathetic and your parasympathetic. Mm-hmm. And for those who are listening, if they if if you haven't heard of these concepts before, our sympathetic nervous system is kind of gets us into a state of readiness. And we we talk about it in terms of fight or flight. And then the parasympathetic is our like rest and digest, where we recover from that kind of adrenaline fueled. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, are able to kind of, you know, sleep helps that like we recover from our training, like it's that whole recovery time. But when we are in, you know, this low, like this permanent kind of low level stress, like currently right now in the middle of the coronavirus, um, everything is just a bit different. And I was having that, I was on a call today and um, I was just talking around basic self-care pieces because we're again on the uh, mentorship we're on the the topic of women's health right now and for me it starts with the coaches like where are you at are you taking time to breathe in the day because we're all stressed right now Mm -hmm. whether you know whether somebody is completely unaffected by the pandemic like their their work hasn't been affected their finances haven't been affected if they're completely unaffected they're still going to be stressed out Mm -hmm. because it's that Unknowing, we don't know yes. when it's gonna end. It's on the news the whole time, you know? And yeah. it's um it's so interesting that you say because I don't teach classes on a regular basis, but it's so interesting that you found quite a difference in Huge. Kind of, I guess before and after. And there's less people in the room as well, right? So you are not back to or you weren't no. when everything opened back up, you weren't back to full capacity so no feel a bit more strange no
1: yeah it was half capacity but it was like double the energy it it was pretty crazy and it's almost because I think as well on top of it I think with the group training having gone online I think all instructors or all trainers have kind of had to be larger than life on the screen to try and get, you know, get through to the clients, you know, to be almost more animated, to make it more exciting because you've got that screen barrier. So that was another aspect. I definitely noticed the clients were kind of like constantly looking (laughs) at me just like well aren't you going to do a little you know performance now so it's just having to you know you know what I mean it's like no this is your workout so it's like having to kind of reflect it back onto them again which which was actually quite funny but, um yeah so interesting Yeah, <laughs> wanting you to kind of do the can-can through the studio <laughs> yeah so you went from
0: Tell me a bit after Les Mills. So you I went from Les Mills. Then what was the journey after that?
1: So I went through Les Mills, and I was teaching. I was gosh, I was doing. Uh, I think it got up to the point I was doing like six Les Mills classes a day, which was
0: less. Really? It was. I know.
1: it was what? like you are literally doing six full-on high-intensity workouts a day, plus the adrenaline that you're giving because you're teaching. And uh, so, yeah, I was doing, I think, up to six a day and I was wondering why I wasn't getting any gains, you know, (laughs) Um, totally stressed out. And then all of a sudden an opportunity came up with Nike, which I think we both. Yeah. And it was it was in Virgin Active in Oxford Street, I think I want to say. And Sonia Moses and Brian Cochrane were. Yeah. And um, that was like a real, that was a real stepping stone for me as in, wow, I, you know, got a huge hit of confidence, became a Nike instructor after that and helped Mm -hmm. to roll out the um, NTC at the time. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that was a big moment for me as in, you know, after having gone through everything I went through with the Les Mills journey, being told you're not really good enough, you you haven't got enough presence to actually having this amazing brand having, you know, belief in me. And that was a real Mm -hmm. kind of boost that I needed. So I branched out and I was like, oh, there is other things in the world. You know, there's (laughs) not just Les Mills. Well, there is more to pre-choreographed exercise. I really started being educated in training and I just opened up my eyes to a whole new world. I was actually quite naive coming from my small Les Mills gym in Timbuktu to you know (laughs) working in London, realizing there is other forms of training Mm. and smart training as well. So I started teaching NTC, as you know, and then after I think I once I think it was a good few years, a good three years or so, there was an opportunity with Nike. We all flew to Amsterdam, and on that trip, I met Anya and Sandy, owners of Barry's Bootcamp, and that's how. The transition started, so wow. I met them on that trip. Yeah, it was from that trip, okay, amazing. Yeah, and then from that trip, met Anya and Sandy, and then he and was like, "Would you like to come and try Barry's boot camps if you like it?" And voila, here we are today. The snowball. Here we are. Here yeah. we are. And so, how long have you been at Barry's now? I want to say six coming up, yeah, six years, coming up for seven wow. years, yeah, wow, it's really wow, wow, Gone fast for sure. So you were a master trainer at Barry's, yes.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, master trainer at Barry's. That was oh, about yeah, three years ago. And so you do a lot in and around the programming there, yes, am i am I right in saying that?
1: yeah, it's kind of changed at the moment now because of of covid, everything kind of. because it was just such a crazy situation like we Mm. just no one knows what's going on but yeah when we left for lockdown 1.0 I was Mm. yeah helping with the programming with another master trainer Mm. yeah looking after kind of overseeing for the new instructors yeah
0: yeah Yeah. because and I don't teach um I always get this wrong is it dual what's your dual yeah
1: dual class
0: dual like a, classes yeah like a treadmill um, floor type thing. yes yeah, so a kind of mm-hmm. treadmill treadmill floor and all I know mm-hmm. <laughs> is that there's a whole lot that goes <laughs> into it yeah and to me the concept of even I mean never mind sorting out some people on the treadmill and then you know speaking to the people on the floor never mind adding music into the mix and keeping both sides inspired like that is work you know if i think of you know the class settings that i've taught in it's either been you know at a crossfit mm-hmm. box where okay so for this component we're going to do some strength. You're going to sit down and you're going to take your rest period in this time. And we're just going to chill for these however many minutes. Yeah. Does everyone feel like, okay, cool. <laughs> let's play this, you know, okay, here's yeah. the, the wad. you know, just <laughs> nothing as literally it's to the second, isn't it? Mm, yes, it is that really that's all done. Yeah. And that just makes me come out in a rash because i'm like how is that done like how is that done so so you started off teaching there yeah. and you've gone from teaching to then helping the newer trainers develop their programming talk me through that because programming in itself is such a minefield for trainers and i think it's one of the big ones particularly for new trainers where there's this hope i would say that programming will become easy one day and i think that if you have this view that programming should be easy then you're on the wrong yeah. <laughs> path because programming will do and you know will always take time it should take time yeah and there's no one right way and you learn the most from just doing the damn thing, yeah. right? in my yeah. opinion. And so whenever I'm talking to coaches about programming, it's always like, well, you you, you know the, the fundamentals, right? Put that mm-hmm. together. See how you go. And it's only, you know, doing that again and again and again and again that you start to go, okay, this person's got these goals. They want to do this cool I've got an idea what that might look like let's see if this works it's very much trial and error no matter how long you've been doing it yeah um, so, so how does that work in that setting for you
1: well when I first I mean you know we make our mistakes and boy do we make them you know when I first started I look back at some of my my first books and I'm just like oh see <laughs> oh dear <laughs> What is going on here? You know, it just is, I think because as a, a new trainer, you really want to make your mark and you just, mm-hmm. you want to be like, I'm here everybody, you know, and yeah. I mean, i you know, cartwheels, handstands, you know, you <laughs> name it. And I think, you know, you know, just let's not reinvent the wheel. Yeah. It you, and especially in group exercise of classes that big, you know, the first yeah. thing is it has to be fun. Otherwise, yeah, you know, group exercise will never ever take place of a PT or mm. a strength coach, you know, mm. and it just won't. It has to be fun. That's why people go, they go there to have fun, get a really safe, effective workout. And, For it to be safe and effective, it just has to be basic. So, I mean, I learned the hard way. I, you know, did some really stupid stuff when I first started. And then I just, you learn, like you said, you learn from doing the thing. You just have to, you know, do as many classes as possible. You have to educate yourself as well. You you know, I I did a, a strength and conditioning course. And I think from that moment, that's when everything, it just clicked. I was like, ah. Okay, we have it, and it's just what it clicked was the course that you did it was strength and conditioning education I want to say it was just okay. a yeah the strength and conditioning course and it was that moment that um it was just click because it was basic it's like mm. it's not reinventing the wheel it's just basic mm. so mm. I took everything I learned back into the studio and I would just I love programming anyway mm. And it's mm. just it's just basic, you know. Get people squatting, get people deadlifting, you know. Get people doing the basics, mm. and because you can't control a big room of fifty-one people, fifty-three people doing, yeah. you know, weird and wonderful cartwheels, cartwheels into handstands, you know. And <laughs> if they, you know what I mean. And if they're doing the basics and they're safe, yeah. they're going to have fun. And then if they're having fun, you. As an instructor or as a trainer, you vibe off that, and then you can move around and you can have a little dance with people, and that's what it's about. You know, if mm. I think there has to be a very big difference if you go into group exercise wanting to be a trainer or wanting to, you know, really master group exercise, you have to realize that it's never going to take place of a coach. Of that one to one, and sometimes mm. there are people that you come across in a room, and you're like, Do you know, what? You really need a PT, and you have to, you know, have that conversation after, because mm. group exercise is is I for me personally is just like a a three times max a week. You know, you have to kind of couple it up with your own training, your own, you know, strength training outside of the studio.
0: Mm and that God, I mean obviously that those words absolutely sing to me because how many people do we know that do that across the week, sometimes yeah. twice a day, multiple times a day, and that whole, you know, more is more and you know, I completely get it that you can go in and not have to think and somebody tells you what to do and you yeah. leave that's fantastic. But it's also limiting if you're doing that Five days a week, six days a week. Yeah, like you very- obviously get the benefit of it for a period of time, but mm-hmm. then you know, much like anything else, it's like, right? Well, where is the growth from here? And actually, you know, as you say, that growth is from doing from doing less, and you know, classes are or doing less or doing something different. And classes are, you know, a, a fantastic environment to be in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You just forget the world for that 45 minutes or that hour or whatever but it's it's also you know putting the responsibility back on individuals to be like okay cool you know as you say have your play three times a week you can come into my space three times a week and I'm going to look after you but you have to also do the work separately outside of here and that's a difficult conversation to have I think
1: it's super hard and i think w- what you find is it's so addictive classes of mm. any any kind it's just addictive because you don't have to think and you do get that escapism mm. and you know you don't really notice you get the initial start up gains mm. and then you don't really notice that you you're not you know you're not getting stronger you're not getting fitter you're just addicted mm. into this whole circle and um i think yeah that's one thing in the group exercise industry is, you know, we do have to kind of make people aware of that. Like, please go and do your own strength work outside of the studio.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, realise so the difference. That and, sorry, that you try and incorporate into, <clears throat> you know, when you're teaching, are, are there any elements of, um, you know, in in between the <laughs> milliseconds of everything just being <laughs> like <laughs>
1: point do you get a chance to do that or uh I think the magic in between literally in between you just sound like a bingo caller for the whole you know you're just like oh uh, uh, but yeah I think the, the, the magic happens is in in getting to know your clients and speaking to them outside there isn't really you educate in as much as you you know tell people why they're doing the exercise or why they're running at this speed, et cetera, et cetera. But the magic happens is when you talk to them outside, you know, because yeah. that's half actually as, as a group exercise instructor, that is pretty much half the work as in having that relationship with clients outside as well.
0: Mm, mm. Yeah. Cause you couldn't manage to do that within the, unless it, it, because you're literally managing, as you say, that, that volume, you know, that amount of people. Yeah. Doing two separate things to squeeze in. So, team, yeah, if oh shit, I've stopped, I've forgotten to tell the treadmill people to do. It. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like you know, and you lead by example as well. You know, because of social media, you have your clients follow, and you just show them. You know, I I go to the gym. I, mm. you know, do my strength sessions. I don't just rely on one certain type of fitness.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, how do you? So, if you're when you're doing your programming. Mm-hmm. Again, going back to the group x piece do you program over cycles like how long does it sort of take you to either program a full cycle or a class or because again it's it's the everything it's the music it's the i mean i only have one playlist babes so and that gets played for about three <laughs> months before i can like, rotate a song into it
1: yeah I've seen really it seen that. So- i'm not going to a <laughs> yeah Again, I just bring it back to the fact that group exercise or the group training or, you know, whatever, group fitness is about fun. So, yes, I do program loosely over a cycle. I definitely program over a cycle with my running and mm-hmm. my strength training for my clients outside of that studio. You can do it loosely, but because you've got 50 people five times a day or however many times a day you teach, but they're also going to other trainers' classes, Mm. you have to do it very loosely. So you have Mm. to stick to the basics. So with the running, you definitely can. And with your crowd, you definitely can, but you have to do it very loosely. I definitely, definitely, with my running and my strength work outside of Barry's, I definitely do it over a cycle. But yeah, inside the studio, it's just too many people.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think... But when you're, so when you're doing like a class, you've got your class there, yeah. Like, how long would that programming take you for like a given class?
1: I mean, it can mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. it's just a masterpiece, every class. It could take me sometimes two or three hours easily to get the, the music. And that, I suppose, is where the magic happens Is is you have this, you know, 50 minute or 60 minute time slot and you have to, just be a wizard almost you're like right okay I've got five minutes to do you know raise their heart rate mobilize them get them activated and then you strategically plan your class so you do the more complex moves at the beginning and it's just I mean for me personally that is what I love about being a trainer group exercise trainer is it Mm -hmm. it does take me that length of time and then you match the music and that's still very much the magic for me.
0: Yeah, so wow, it would take you two to three hours to do at least one hour session. That's yeah. So, how and how many hours do you teach in in your group X?
1: Yeah, so at Barry's, I teach one, two, three classes a day, but they're they're, yeah, but they're repeated. So, I would do the same. I mean, it's like, yeah, you're not getting that much more out of me. (laughs) Yeah, so
0: three sessions a day, and you do that how many days a week? Sorry, uh, six. Six. Wow. Yeah. So so you're planning kind of six one-hour sessions because you repeat those in the day across the week. Okay. Wow, 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 wow. That's so wonderful to hear though, because, and I know obviously to, you know, create the full effect, the music then has to be integrated into that and that takes time and so on and so forth. But still, yeah. that an hour class takes that amount of planning. Mm-hmm. It's music to my ears because, it's kind of like, see, T has been doing this for God knows how many years. And still, this part takes time. And it's almost like, you know, can you imagine what you could do if you spent that much time on programming mm-hmm. as opposed to this needs to be quicker? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? You're really thinking about that. You're really going into, into the detail of it. and yeah. that, I mean, I love programming you know, because that's, that's the fun part, right? That's the bit where you get to literally experiment. Yeah. But it's it, a headache for
1: a yeah, uh, I, I can I can totally imagine. It's kind of that, I suppose, for, for newer trainers, from my experience of where I've mentored new trainers, it's, it's just a second guessing yourself. And I always say, you know, if you can explain it, There's no right or wrong, you know. If you've got a methodical reason for why you're doing it like that, there's no right or wrong.
0: Mm -hmm. And it's still presumably you're still learning from the the classes that you teach. You're still like, "Hmm, I wouldn't do that next time, or or you're like. Every single class was their shit.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they do. Normally my morning classes, they get the brunt of my, my fresh program. And then as the day goes on, it's like, ends up like being this, you know, spectacular concert at the end. But yeah, still learn. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It never stops. Never stops.
1: And so I'm going to
0: take you back to when I ran the first Women in Fitness Summit And I had you on the Power Hour panel. I remember you were last to speak. And who else Mm -hmm. did we have? We had Sonia. We had Jessica. Kim. We had. Did we have the two ladies from um, Frame, or was that the following year? I can't remember. No, no, no. You
1: you had the two ladies.
0: yeah. Yeah, from Frame, and then Kim as well. Yeah, and it really it was, you know, because you know you're all phenomenal, and I just really wanted to, you know, new. Trainers in the industry to sort of listen to all of your stories and you know kind of hear your journeys. And I remember when we got to you and you spoke about yourself over two minutes and <laughs> then it was done. And I was like, "Ah, oh, think there's more, <laughs> a bit more yeah. to it than that." And that was maybe four years ago. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's been a massive shift in you and listening to you know the backstory you have always had this resilience you have always put in the work and got back up again if there's been a knockdown and kept going but now it feels like for me as the observer that you are just now in your own plane and absolutely killing it was there a
1: shift from Uh, then and now yeah, there was actually, there was a huge shift. And I I can almost, I remember that moment. It's just like you feel your face pricking and you're like, oh God, I just want the ground to swallow me up. But uh, and I just felt so devastated after that. I hadn't actually said more, been more present in the room. And I think the massive shifts it was like it was almost being a new instructor again when you're in the room and you're like, "Oh, I just want to die right now." And I think mm. it was almost like a, what I always say to people is like, you just have to be present in the room at the time, and I think I just had a taste of my own medicine, that I was just in my own head, doubting myself, you know, mm. And I think the shift it did come not not long after that, and it's just like, enough already
0: you know mm. you just
1: and you you just do what you got to do like you get therapy you know mm. you just do the the homework I think you always know when it's time for a little bit of emotional help or not emotional work, help emotional work uh, what's mm. the word I'm looking for self-development work
0: yeah yeah, yeah, absolutely Lots, yeah. yeah whatever you want yeah, to yeah whatever you want it to as it's all yeah it's that inner work isn't it inner that? work yeah development piece
1: yeah you know when it's time because you just you know those moments come and you're like right enough is enough time to you know take a step back do the inner work and then blossom again and I suppose that's just ongoing throughout life isn't it you just get those moments you're like okay yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it never ends and it shouldn't end mm-hmm. you know because you, you can kind of then slip back to, to square one again I guess it's a little bit like I can't remember who I think it was, I was on a a meditation retreat years and years ago. And the person that was running the retreat was kind of like, you know, whilst you're on this retreat, you'll experience some really great highs and some really low lows. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you just have to remain stable throughout. Like the highs are high and that's great. And the lows, they're low, but they'll change. They'll, you know, they're not going to be there forever. And I think that that kind of inner work piece that working on your, on yourself, you know, cause often when you do loads of work, there's a positive outcome and you could, you could stay there and you could be like, yep, I'm done here. My work yes. is done I'm flying high and it will just slip from underneath you. If you, if you don't continue on that journey of inner work the whole time, because there's just so many other external variables you know, that can pull you in in different directions. And I remember actually the second year of running the summit and Alex Hipwell, who's a um, trainer from Berlin, and she stood up and she told her her story. She didn't have any notes. She had a few little notes in her hand, but nothing, no sort of presentation, no slides, no anything. And she stood up and she owned that room for her dream long it was, 40 minutes. And I watched her and I was like, shit, like, wow, she knows who she is. And she has stood up as Alex and she was like, this is who I am. This is what I've got to say. And that was quite a turning point for me to see that. Because I was mm-hmm. like, she is just owning who she is, you know. Mm. I, was so, I was so impressed by it. And that made a big change in me. I was like, okay, you know what, I'm going to show up as Alex. Not as Alex, but I was, I'm going to show up in the same way as she does. And much like you said, you know, for you, that kind of enough is enough moment. And I, mm. I remember times like that of just being like, Oh God, you know, I just don't, those nerves that can really, you know, get you. And, and, you know, as you say, for, for you, it was like that enough is enough. When I watched Alex, I was like, okay, no more Mm self-deprecating chat or pretending, you know, oh, you know, that don't mind me I'm just here doing my thing is that no no stand up and be heard mm-hmm. and that, was, that was a big shift for me so carry on from that point when you were like enough is enough you started doing some inner work and you know the inner work never stops ever where to from there
1: yeah so I mean I haven't had the chance to be on a panel again but i um, definitely in as much as you know speaking in front of groups or, you know, being yourself in front of groups. It definitely, from that point, actually, that day, I was just, I just was devastated. I just, oh, gee. oh, I know. But, you know, you're just like, you just want to do so well. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you're just mm-hmm. like, oh, definitely could have done better there. But, you know, enough is enough. Do the inner work. And, yeah, going forward, you just have to, you know, get a pair of balls, basically wanting for better, a better word for it. And just it's practice. Practice makes perfect. You know, it doesn't come overnight. It's just practice, 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 practice. And, um, yeah, uh, for me personally, I always have this thing is like, time is running out. Time is running out, you know, and unless you make that big leap, Mm. You know, I just always feel like I've got time on my heels. Mm. So it's just always, you know, about doing the inner work, implementing it and then moving forward.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. Cause it's true, right? Like mm-hmm. you know, you've know, you got to, that's the thing that, that helps you to move forward. Unless mm-hmm. like I say, you're just, like, oh, everything's cool. I'm going to stay here and be comfortable. No, no, mm-hmm. That, that, mm-hmm. Will, that will catch up eventually. But uh, yeah, it's just it's just this constant process of and it's a slow move forward, I think, because you can go hard and go quickly. But again, that comes back and the quality that you're able to provide when you are so much more self-aware, yeah. how you're showing up for yourself and how you're showing up for others. That's worth its weight in gold in terms of, of you know, taking that time, you know, I guess for that self care and you know understanding of, of your own needs and filling your own cup I guess yeah and so you have a little project underway now let's talk about that
1: yeah the force velocity group yeah so it's it's the audio runs mm-hmm. and online strength programming that's very very different to group exercise It is the online strength programming is strength that you would do on your own. So online programming.
0: Yeah.
1: And then the audio runs, the Run Club or the Run Tribe, as I like to call them, it was born in lockdown 1.0. Listen, we love a lockdown business. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I took, you know, at the the time there was, as people were just, going through hell, it seemed, it has been a good couple of months. And I was doing online Zooms, you know, group exercise through Zooms. And for me, running has always been uh, just the moving meditation, you know, as it is for a lot of people. And I always wanted to start doing something with running, maybe start a run club, something to do with running. I've been wanting to do it for years, just never had the courage to do it. And I think because of lockdown 1.0, you know, we were just forced in this situation. It was like, you either do something or, you know, there's not going to be dinner on the table. I mean, that's a bit drastic, but you know what I mean? It's that kind of mentality. So I just, I kind of wanted to practice a little bit first. So I took a group of clients and I, I thought, you know, let's see what we can do over six weeks. We'll do a run program and we'll progress on it and see how we get on over six weeks so I took a big group of clients on and originally I gave them a piece of paper with the run programs on. And I remember one of them saying, this isn't really working for me T. you know, I can't run with this, this piece of paper with your written programming. How about we do it through Zoom? And um, magical idea. So did it through Zoom, played music. I coached them through my programming. And it was just exhilarating on both parties. So we did this for six weeks and it just, it was a massive success for them. They felt like they'd achieved something, you know, they'd all knock times off their, their PBs. And I got that kind of group exercise kick as well. And I got to be a DJ. So it was amazing. And I did that actually, I did that. For two cycles. I mean, it just seems like we were in that lockdown for years, doesn't it? I did it through okay. two cycles and then it just kind of snowballed. And now here we are. I've got 10 run classes a week and wow. the wonderful Neha as well. She's coaching for yeah. me as well. So yeah. Hey,
0: May. Incredible. And I love, obviously, <laughs> that it started off with Hi, team, here's a piece of paper. Knock yourselves out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it was. Right. it was yeah it was so specific as well It's like you've run 45 seconds at this <laughs> I mean they just supposed to be like no this isn't working stop
0: read me a bit of paper it's getting a bit soggy on,
1: yeah.
0: that was how it started because you just got a start and mm-hmm. then it evolved because you got it started imagine if you had a you know sort of the more technical elements of right how am I gonna you probably wouldn't have even have come to the idea of the audio run just from no head but actually it started in a certain way it's like they love doing this but they hate the damn piece of paper (laughs) and that it evolved and here we are with 10 run classes a week
1: yeah
0: yeah how is it broken down in terms of your classes and stuff?
1: So, I want people to have a balance of running, you know, not to have to go out every single day and kill themselves, you know, run at one certain speed, like a tempo run. And I just Mm. want a balance of runs. So, I do an endurance run, I do a lactate threshold run, and then a VO2 max run. And I mean, we're talking loosely speaking, you know, loosely programmed, because the main factor for me is it has to be fun and it's, a bit of escapism as well so I program over four weeks so each run gets progressively tougher and then they have a deload week where they just get a little shake out and hopefully do other forms of cardio and then we start yeah. the cycle again so yeah three different I, I kind of wanted it to be a little bit gimmicky as well just to add that fun aspect so they've all got names like scorpion hot tamale and lightning bolt. And I just, it's amazing. Yeah, it's just, it's just a bit of fun. And I talk people through, you know, just forgetting about their life for a second, just, you know, be present in your run, find purpose to your run. Mm. And um, people seem to really love it. And the music, I think, is a huge, huge aspect of it as well. You know, programming the music so it fits in with the run. So as they're sprinting, the music's going higher or more dynamic.
0: Yeah, so it, brilliant! It, mm, Such a good concept. Such a good concept. And mm-hmm. how many people are in your in your tribe, in your gang?
1: In the tribe, in the gang. It started off as a really slow build. So I mean, I say slow build. I had, I think, in the first run tribe, I had twenty, and then in the second one, I had forty, and now oh. I think we've got over ninety subscribers. Oh, yeah.
0: holy bajoli. That is amazing.
1: Yeah. Wow! Yeah, yeah.
0: That is, yeah. So cool. that is one lockdown 1.0 baby that I think we should be proud of. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Also,
0: what I love is that it really—it's such a you thing. It's tied all of those pieces in, mm-hmm. and you know what a piece of art. Do You know what I mean? Like it's—it's it's got all of those bits, all those bits of tea, mm. and here yeah. we are. Yeah. You know? Yeah, Amazing. yeah, yeah. So Thank you. good. Thank so, you. so good. And then, so what of the future, my darling? Oh, the if you- <laughs>
1: team, oh, well, I think, I mean, I really want to roll out the run clubs into real life, as we say. Oh, so wow. when, yeah. when lockdown ceases, and yeah. I, w- I would love to, the idea of, you know, people going out still listening. To me or Neha teaching now, but they'd have a pacer with them so they would, the pacer would be moving with sure. them, you know, so they'd yeah. get the correct paces. I mean, the world is my oyster. I've, you know, I've got ideas on apps. I mean, who knows? Oh, who knows? I but love it. I've got love my mind it. map up on the wall as I'm saying this with a million different squiggles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just, again, you know, for particularly for new coaches or even coaches who've just still been, I would still say that, you know, I would call new kind of even, you know, three years in, you still, you know, got to get that, that groundwork, that experience. Mm -hmm. You know, this has been over 13 years. Yeah. And whilst you've got something phenomenal now, you've got your own, you know, run experience, you've got the, the strength, you know, training alongside it as well as you know still coaching at Barry's yes you've got lots of wonderful things going on but Mm. every part of those 13 years along the way has contributed to what this is now
1: yeah
0: yeah like it couldn't have happened before then or you know but you're here Mm -hmm. doing what you love
1: yeah which is amazing it's sometimes hard to just stop and go right let's stop a second, just take a look around and, you know, just be happy, just kind of plodding for a moment, just a moment. It's hard, but Mm. I've just always got my foot on the gas. I suppose that could be a vice as well. I've just got always got time on my heels. I've just always, you know, want to keep progressing, keep, keep growing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I I think as well, like, um, again, on that kind of the growth, you know, piece that again, all all of those 13 years have got you to this stage and you know had you have done something like you know this run club six years ago seven years ago and I know that we don't understand the power of zoom because we all obviously (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so in in a sense the idea wouldn't have been there anyway but yeah but just the capacity because obviously it's grown very quickly, you know, Mm -hmm. from twenty to forty to ninety odd. Um you know one thing I I always think of in terms of growth is that actually, you know, so so this thing has grown has grown quickly, but again it's backed by the years of experience that you've Mm -hmm. had. Because what I what I think for newer coaches is this idea of, you know, wanting to have, let's say, um, let's say if they're PTs, wanting to have you know 20 clients within the first three months or whatever of them coaching that is a lot Mm -hmm. of work it is a lot of work and it becomes overwhelming real quick because if you don't have the opportunity for that slow bill to organize your systems you can handle the numbers of people Mm -hmm. so you know how you're going to plan out your programs and all that kind of stuff then you're you're working on a very loose foundation and the only person that that back on is is you and your stress levels and your ability to be able to cope with yeah the volume of work that is throwing itself at you so that slow build is so much more attractive you get it's, to go on
1: so yeah it is and it's really about the relationships with the clients mm-hmm. as well and I think going back to the days of virgin actives traveling around doing the les mills in these clubs You know, they are still my clients today. Yeah. Because I've built up that relationship. And it happened like, you know, really slowly, really, really slowly over the years. And that's how you get your following. And I think it's you know, Mm. it is easy to look like, oh, I want twenty clients a day or and it becomes about almost a bit about the money, you know, and it's you have to do it for the love. And it is a very slow build, but really look after people, you know, take time yeah. to get to know each client and really mm-hmm. like develop them and really make a difference in their lives. And that's how, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's in the slow build where all the magic and the wonderful little, you know, lights happen. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah, so true. So, so, so true. And it's a simple formula really. Yeah. Isn't it? But, we're lucky because we sort of grew up in the industry at a time where you could just, I mean, your starting point was way more stressful than my starting point. Again, you were, you know, with the Les Mills crew and then being like, no, that's not good enough. Like mm. I'm not sure if I was in the same position, whether I would have had that same resilience that you had. I got to just work in, you know, a PT studio and kind of eye up what the other trainers were doing and, <laughs> You know, I was in fitness first, and I was able to kind of see the trains I like and to observe their work, and quietly away with nobody telling me whether I was good or bad. You know, like just yes. I was happy to just kind of work away. But but still, it's a it's a very different game now in terms of you know exposure and who sees you, and you also get to see far far and wide what lots of other people are doing, and that's a distraction
1: mm-hmm.
0: because the way to build hasn't changed in no. any way yeah you know that 's remained the same, but there 's just more noise, and there 's just more pressure because we 're so used to everything you know being instant that there 's that sort of pressure to do more now
1: yeah it's, I think particularly as well in definitely in group uh, you know being in boutique industry and teaching classes, you know I do teach full classes, they are always full. But I didn't always, I talked to one person, I talked to two people. And I think as a new instructor, I do see a lot. They do get very disheartened when they have a very small class. And it's like, you know what, you have to look after the people in that class and they will come back. And that's how even if only two of them come back, they are still, you know, is that it's not it's it's very simple formula, like you say.
0: Yeah, It's not like you only show up when the class is is more full it's like you give that one person or those two people that same energy that you would give a room full of people that's the only way that you that you get there and I think that's very easy that's such a good point like it's very easy for newer coaches to see full classes and be like you know when am I going to get there I only had three people today I only had four people today serve those four people Serve those people
1: it know, could mean, it could matter, the mean, the difference of their, you know, their mental health that you just, yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Yeah, the impact mm. is huge. And still, you know,
1: even with social and,
0: you know, it's so both of us in a lot of our work are able to utilize social to, you know, me for my mentorship or the Women in Fitness Summit, you know, you for your run program. What's the name of your program, T, sorry? Force Velocity Running. False velocity. And so you for force velocity running, you know we can utilize social media and it's great. Um, but the thing that built up your client base and the thing that built up my client base back in the day was somebody telling a friend, "Do you know what? I've I've trained with Justin. I've trained with T. I think you'd really enjoy it. Why don't you go there?" And again, that hasn't changed. That word, the importance of word of mouth, hasn't changed. It's a lot more free um, nowadays with reviews and all that kind of stuff, and people. You know, again, unfortunately, you get to see the bad reviews and all that kind of stuff. But it's the importance of word of mouth as a first source of this person does really great. I think you'd like them. You should go and work with them. Like that's gold. And you only get that from developing those relationships, as you said, as giving that one person who shows up, giving them your 100 percent for the day.
1: Yeah. and, And accepting that you're not going to be liked by everybody yes another absolute gem <laughs> yeah 100%. which is it's hard it's hard it's a hard pill to swallow it is especially you know if you are a performer as such but mm. yeah not trying mm. to please mm. everybody definitely
0: yeah and I obviously Staying love true. being a basics girl a basics girl too so you know yeah <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) And what would your, I mean, I think think you've already, you've already given it to you, but what would be, I guess, three pieces of advice that you would give to new trainers or trainers who are sort of early on in the, in the group X world?
1: I would say spend the six hours on your program, (laughs) make it so basic, but spend the time, go over it, go over it again, you know, get your music right, have it on lock, be present in the room. You cannot Mm -hmm. go wrong. You know, I think for a lot of instructors, when they are teaching, if they make one mistake, they kind of crumble. And it doesn't happen if you're present and you actually look at what's going on in the room, that just brings you back to the moment. So if you know you have your programming on lock, you know, you have your music on lock, You know, if you do make a mistake, you just bring it back into the present, into the room. You can't go wrong there and just spend the time with your clients. Even if it's one or two, just get to know them, you know, and actually want to help them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Love it. Love it. Love it. T, where can people find you, my darling? You can find me
1: at Barry's. Well, (laughs) after lockdown (laughs) (laughs) 2.0 in a few weeks. This is currently
0: being recorded on November
1: 11th. (laughs) (laughs) In a few weeks. Or you could find me online at Zoom, teaching for Barry's. And you can find me, forcevelocitygroup.com, where you will find online strength programming and audio runs.
0: I love it. I love Mm -hmm. it, love it, love it. T, what an absolute joy to talk through your... Journey, it's just, I'm exceptionally excited for what the future holds for you because you're pretty unstoppable. Oh,
1: thank you right so now. much,
0: thank you for um, having me. Oh, gosh, pleasure! But it's just, it's just so lovely to hear that journey, just to hear your wisdom. You know, having been in the industry so long and just taking it at your pace mm-hmm. and seeing it all come together, and also that recognition of, okay. I need to, you know, fix up here. Let's take a step back, do some inner work, and then move this thing forward. And by God, if you moved it forward. So honestly, such a joy listening to you. And I really feel that a lot of coaches, new and old, will get a lot out of this. And as ever, just keep doing your thing, my darling. Oh, so thank you so good.
1: much. Thank you so much for having me. So good oh, to chat you're so to you.
0: Welcome yes 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 and then well who knows when we'll see each other but it will be so nice just to sit down and when we can
1: oh, and, yeah. and have
0: a dinner or have a lunch and just chat through all the things
1: yeah that would be so amazing thank you so much Joss. you're welcome my darling lots of love Bye. lots of love bye bye, bye.